Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so happy to have our next guest here. We have Helen Leland, who is the founder and CVO of Blender Bombs. And if you haven't tried Blender Bombs, you must, must, must get your hands on them and stick them in a nice blender and uh, make up your your meal replacement. So she is a plant-forward health enthusiast and started her company out of her kitchen with only $300 as a budget. So if you're thinking that you cannot start something because you don't have enough money in the bank, uh, Helen is here to tell you that you can. So blender bombs were born when she decided she needed to curb late night cravings and satisfy her sweet tooth while keeping her health in mind. And it can be found in many, many stores, including Whole Foods, uh, 
Air One markets, Thrive markets, plus, of course, online at, at lots of different locations. So her journey as an entrepreneur is so, so inspiring. We were introduced uh, by a mutual friend. And uh, but once I got dug into her story, actually, we met before Helen actually was about to have a baby. She's had her baby. She came back from maternity leave. So we came back. Um, (laughs) And uh, so very, very excited to have her here. And I should also mention you may have seen her on the incredible, really, really fun show, Southern Charm. Uh, She was uh, very good friends with somebody who was on the show. So if you're watching this on video, maybe you happen to have seen her or heard her name or maiden name was Hall, actually. So, uh, But she's super passionate about helping people achieve a balanced and fulfilling life. And I am super, super excited to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. What an intro. You're hired. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> our so, new marketing coordinator. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I'd love to start off our discussion with hearing a little bit about you and your yeah. early life. Like, where did you grow up? What did you uh, did you think yeah. you would be where you are today? So I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I went I did the public school route. I went to the University of South Carolina for college. Um, I was a fashion major there, which I think pretty much anyone listening knows that a fashion major at a school in South Carolina is not not the most fashionable. But I definitely never thought I'd be going into CPG. I did always have like entrepreneurial tendencies, I guess, when I was younger. I my mom went to a furniture store and they, you know, get new fabrics every season. And so I would always take the old fabrics and I would staple them together and flip them inside out and tie like the tag string on it and sell it for a dollar outside her her company, her business. And no one would buy it. But I'm like, why are people buying these bags? Probably because they're stapled. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's also the first like, and we can get to this later in the podcast, I'm sure. But from a young age, I've always tried to take the path of least resistance as long as it was still efficient. So that's why I stapled instead of sewed them. I'm like it still works. It's just not cute. <laughs> that that's hysterical. But the fact that you were also figuring things out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't that you didn't know that it couldn't be done a different way. You were figuring yeah. out how to get it done and see whether or not it was gonna work. Right. And I wanted to sell mass quantities rather than just like a few hand sewed ones. And I could pop more out with staples than with hand sewing. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. That's so, so great. And of course, you got the material for free because oh, this yeah. was the leftover fabric. I was fabric. making bank. Yeah, that's oh, I love it. Such a good story. So so tell us what blender bombs are yeah. for those who have not heard of it. So imagine an energy ball that you see everywhere. And most energy balls have oats in them. And that's great. There's not, I love oats. But we took all those oats that are in typical energy balls and we put in chia seed, hemp seed, flax seed, walnuts, pecans, dates, almonds, aloe. And we rolled it up into a ball so you could throw it into your smoothie. So that's what the blender bomb is. It's a ball you put into your smoothie, gives your smoothie every essential amino acid, every essential fatty acid. How it got started really was after college, I... I did not want to go into the fashion route because I didn't want to work retail. And at that time, that was that was the only possibility that I thought existed in fashion because that's all I know. And um, God, I wish we had social media when we were younger, because then you are so much more aware of the opportunities that are out there. 
Like I literally thought the only job you could get as a fashion major was working in retail. The thought of being a fashion designer didn't cross my mind because I didn't live in New York. Anyway, that's besides the point. But so, so I tried the corporate world for a little bit. And this is a funny story. I know you like stories. I was, um, I was the third, like in between the insurance agency and, you know, a corporate big co- company. And so I was the middleman and I was like constantly on the phone back and forth, back and forth between each other. And this woman was being really rude to me about something with her insurance I had no control over. So excuse me, ma'am, let me put you on a brief hold while I get this figured out and <laughs> put her on hold. And I like lightly take my headset off and I look at my coworker. I'm like, this woman is being such a freaking biatch. But- How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works, and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, Term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. 
Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I yeah. said real words and I, like, yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here. But then 30% of the calls get listened to. So I was having a panic attack that I was going to get caught for saying that because the woman on the other side was like, by the way, your your headphones not on mute. Like I heard every word you said. <laughs> I turn as red as an apple. I was so traumatized. It's my first big girl job and I messed it up on like the third week. So I ended up getting fired that day <laughs> because I told on myself because I was too anxious. Best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to pivot. And that's when I started really leaning into my passions. It was year 20, 2016. And it was the first year I had started listening to podcasts. It was right on the forefront of podcasting. And I had listened to a few podcasts about health and fitness. And I just found myself always thinking about how I can better my body and all this stuff. So I became a personal trainer with the personal trainer route. I love the community. I hated the exercise. So I was always trying to find shortcut again. Like, I don't want to work out so hard to get, you know, where I want to go. I want to eat well. And eating well was kind of my shortcut towards like a healthier life. Like It's not out exercising a bad diet. It's having a good diet and exercising on top of it, right? So that's when I started understanding food and I tried to teach my clients that because they were getting frustrated. They weren't seeing results, but they weren't changing anything about their dietary habits. But they wouldn't make smoothies because there's too many steps involved and they were, quote unquote, busy, you know, too busy to make a smoothie. So if I took all those dry ingredients that you would, that I was putting in my smoothies and it turned into a ball, I started giving it to my clients. They fell in love with the product. Their wives started wanting it. Um, their kids started wanting it. And I just started making blender bombs for my house. That's wild. I was so broke, y'all. I was literally, I truly did have $300 in my bank account. And when I tell you I didn't know a lick about business, I didn't. I was not even charging for the blender bombs. I was charging $25 for an hour-long workout session, which is ridiculously undervaluing yourself um, for your time and your training. 
And then the second step in growing the business was I finally started charging for the ingredients, but I never charged for the time it took for me to make the blender bombs. And finally, four months later, whatever it was, I started charging for my time as well. And that's when it became a real business. What was the point that you decided to take it into stores and like actually start selling it? So I was making them in my kitchen in 2017 and I was putting in like craft bags. It was nothing mm-hmm. fancy. It was like a sticker label. It was nothing was approved. Eventually we took it to a. So for anyone who has a food business out there, I thought this was a cool step that I did. It was really hard for me to find out manufacturer or production. Production was difficult for me to figure out. Like, you know, commercial kitchens are annoying. So I instead called several different um, catering companies and asked if they could just like bring it in house. And then they had to deal with all the like, you know, licensing and culinary stuff. So I just paid them like a or the first one that ever called me back, actually. I just paid a catering company to make the blender bombs for me, like paid an X amount for a 10 pack. They were in charge of ordering all the ingredients. They were in charge of storing the ingredients. And I just paid them for production. And that made it really easy to scale because then I could just start social media marketing it. And that's how I kind of grew my Instagram. I think I forgot what the question was that you asked. Well, no, it's stores. So initially you did it oh, online. Stores. Yeah, I, I did it. So that was another. So the only yeah. way we were able to to launch into stores is because our margins are so much higher online. So I just saved a ton of cash. The business blew up the first year and the first two years. We got to like almost $2 million in sales within, you know, 36 months. It was crazy. And a lot of that is because of the TV show, The Southern Charm. I wasn't a cast member, but a lot of my friends were. And Naomi in particular, who's one of my dear friends, she changed her lifestyle, started working out, she started eating well, she started making the blender bomb smoothies, and she was sharing that story online, and that really propelled our business. That's So incredible. with online orders. I know. And so we, we gave her some equity, you know. She didn't ask for it, but I kind of forced it upon her and forced her to sign, just because she really did help us so much. Um, and she still does. But getting into stores, so... Everyone kept sliding into our DMs. At this point, you know, we went from 1,500 followers to probably 50,000 followers in the first two years. And everyone was like, you got to get into Whole Foods. You got to get into XYZ, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, guys. Yeah, I email these people five times a day and they don't answer me back. So if you have a contact at the corporate location, let me know. And I just talked to my camera on my Instagram and I said that. And within an hour, we had an email from Whole Foods corporate asking us to fly down and pitch. Wow. It's crazy. That's amazing. And down in Texas? Yeah, matter. Wow, that's crazy. And so did you go into, did you go national at that point? Yes. Whole Foods? That is wild. And it's now, wild. Yeah, I mean, that is such a crazy story. So you just actually just did a video and yeah. and, and asked people. So but that's because we had a community that we nurtured online and they wanted to help us. Yeah. No, I absolutely love that. So that was your first store. Um, you okay. didn't go local first. and, and We were within... like kind of local. We were in like two or three different smoothie bars in town, but our, our revenue was not. We we opened a smoothie bar actually in, oh God, again, we learned the hard way on this. We opened a smoothie bar in Charleston and my business part, my, I had a, bis, a business part in a smoothie bar that we'd since bought out, but she helped us open it and... I was selling the craft blender bombs and then, you know, we got slapped by DHEC. They were like, hey, you got to get legitimate packaging or else you can't sell this stuff. And that was bringing in like 60% of the revenue for the smoothie bar was the retail products. I mean, it was a small, it was like a 750 square foot smoothie bar. It 
wasn't make or break, but it was good exposure for the Charleston area. And it's still around today because we had to go find a co-packer. So again, another tip that might help other entrepreneurs trying to scale their smoothie bar. And I say this because now when I talk to Kara, it's it sounds like it's my native tongue, but I know yeah. I didn't understand what any of these words meant. But what, what was a co-packer? I didn't know. But you have to get into a co-packer, which is the legal way for someone to make yeah. your product in mass, totally. mass quantity. So I Googled co-packer and then thousands pop up and like, I'm like, I don't know which co-packer. So I called a friend who connected me with another friend who connected me with another friend who had like a little granola bar company. And within 30 seconds, he's like, oh, you need a VMAG machine. I'm like, okay. So I type in co-packer VMAG. It took this guy like three weeks to get back to me. I kept calling him. Finally got back to me. And then the first co-packer we called is the co-packer we still use today. Then we became legal. And that's when we were able to go into stores. Yeah. No, and I think that that is the story again and again and again, where we hear this on the show. I mean, it, you know, people didn't have it all figured out. They didn't have the connections. I mean, your example that you mentioned about Instagram, it's I I can't say that I've actually heard that story, but people um, like Adina Eden um, fig- figured out how to build a jewelry business primarily on Instagram. And everybody said, you're not going to be able to sell diamonds on Instagram. I mean, that's crazy. And she's wow. been able to do that on TikTok. On, I mean, yeah. it's just so interesting. So anyway, I think like that is that there's so many lessons learned um, from you and from others who were sharing these stories. So if you could go back and start the company again, would you do anything different? Yes. So I think I made a lot of mistakes in that I tried to, I brought on too many SKUs and it confused the customer. And also I spent a lot of time marketing people, trying to like convince people to start drinking smoothies. Whereas it's way, there's already so many people drinking smoothies. I think it would have been like a easier sell if I just targeted people who already drink smoothies. Um, to add blender bombs to their smoothie instead of trying to, you know, convert all these non-smoothie drinkers to smoothie drinkers. Another, so we we have the blender bombs, which is the core product and still is our core product. It brings in like 70% of our revenue. But then I added granola and I added like smoothie butter and I added drizzle and bomb bars and it just got really confusing. So we did a test this year, actually. We had 60-something SKUs. And, wow. Um, yeah, different flavors, different sizes. So it was crazy, but I didn't know any better. Uh, we cut our SKUs in half in December, and our January sales were up like 40% this year, which shows us that our customers just pivoted to another product, like they didn't stop buying from us, even though we cut half of our product line out. So interesting. Well, And I think like that's, it's really an interesting comment. Like on the one hand, I think it's important to have enough SKUs that you actually take up space so the consumers can see you. But on the other hand, if you have too many SKUs and you're trying to do too many things, it's very, very confusing, especially if they're just starting to get to know you. Yeah. Um, I think that that's such a great example of that. So what have you learned about business? I mean, you really hadn't been in business, right? Like you had been working for other people, but you you had to figure out packaging and you had to figure out... um, margins, all of these things, employees, right? How to yeah. how to do all of these things. What did you, was there one thing that stands out as something that you didn't really expect? I did not expect the cash flow issues that would come with launching into retail. 
Uh because I was so used to the margins on e-commerce. So launching into a national retailer like Whole Foods took us for everything we're worth. And then we launched with Walmart and I didn't just as a founder, I'm very creative, but I didn't have a good hand on the uh, cash flow and like the the pricing model that we were doing with Whole Foods. And we were losing money there for two years. We were, we're making six cents on every box at Walmart. We were in 1200 Walmarts. Like it just, it, it crushed us. That's why we're going through a capital raise right now. So yeah. I, I, if I could go back and do it again, I would have probably outsourced a COO to help handle operations since that, that can make or break your business. Yeah. And how so? Like, I mean, I think, first of all, there's so many hidden charges, as I um, like to refer yeah, to them have- in the industry, that if it isn't the retailer, um, you know, the you have a distrib- the fulfillment fee. <laughs> right. Right. We have, you know, we've had distributors that like had our stuff stuck charge in the back backs. room and then chargebacks and it would and nobody really understands that until you're in it and it can you know it sounds great to come on with a new distributor or come on with a new retailer but it's um the economics are not uh really it, they're they're not out there as something that can really kill your business and you can be doing great in another aspect of your business but then you know and you don't really want to pull back because it's a major retailer. But on the other hand, if it's not going to make economic sense, then, you know, why do it? I think that there's there's just a, um, you know, and it's this constant thing. It's like you want it, but it's not going to, you know, make sense for you. So I think you really have to, you know, be careful about it. So how you've gotten the word out about blender bombs through as you mentioned, social media, but also through the reality TV mm-hmm. show. Now uh, you're out raising money and you briefly told me about how you've done a uh, crowdsource. So I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Gosh, it's been crazy. So, you know, it got to a point last year where we're like, all right, I did I did finally bring in a fractional like um, CFO. And he was where we're having cash flow projections on the stuff. He's like, all right, we got to raise money. We got to raise money kind of fast. And I have always been, we're not, we're, our revenue isn't doing enough to do VC funding. You know, we're doing probably around 3 million in revenue right now. And so we're still pretty small, but I didn't want to go the VC route, A, because they usually don't work with people unless they're doing, you know, six or seven million or above, like the CPG, I mean, the, the VCs we were talking to. And then I, I didn't want to give up as much, you know, equity if I didn't have to. Right. And so, they can sometimes take you, take you for everything you're worth, and they nickel and dime your valuation and et cetera, like that. So we did, we discussed the crowdfunding situation. There was a company in Charleston, they're a beer company, and they started crowdfunding like two years ago. And since then, they've raised over $4 million crowdfunding. It's bananas. And so I was like, my CFO was like, Helen, you have the platform, you have to crowdfund. And of course, I have all these doubts in the back of my mind. It's like, I'm probably going to be able to raise like $200,000. There's literally no way people are going to invest in the company. That's how I felt at first. And it's something that you say whenever you're talking about your book on Daunted. It's not that founders have to be fearless. It's that you face fear head on and mm-hmm. you like you fight it. So I had to think, like, what is causing me to be fearful about this? And it's because I really didn't understand like the economics of business valuations or business growth. Like I didn't understand once we got this money, like what were we going to do with it to grow, et cetera. So before I ever started 
pushing crowdfunding on my platform. I worked with our CEO and our CFO for days and days and days, just thoroughly understanding all of our data, our LTV, our CAC, our you know margins across every channel, which items were selling, which items we needed to drop, so that I understood wholeheartedly that this money was what this money was going to do for the business. Uh-huh. And once I had a thorough understanding of that, and I realized that it really is kind of just like a, it's like a plug and play. You know, once we get this cash, we know what to do with it. We just have to get it, and we know it'll scale because of this equation that we've been studying for the last few weeks. And that's when I felt super confident to take on other people's money. And that's when I started posting it on my social media around Thanksgiving. And I had reached out to, you know, anyone who had asked about investing in the company in the past. And since Thanksgiving, it's now end of January, we've raised um, almost $900,000. That's amazing. And especially given the market and given the timing of the worst time to raise. Totally. I mean, that's incredible. You should be very, very proud. I mean, that's you. That's amazing. And so and these are equity, right? They're getting equity in the company. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a preferred, it's preferred. And then we'll do a 1.5 raise now. It's, we're doing it through WeFunder, which is crazy. It's like a crowdfunding platform, but it's nonprofit. So they take the lowest fees. Whereas with Start Engine, you have to pay, you know, 10 to 30K up front and then they take more fees. But anyone who puts in over $25,000, WeFunder doesn't take like 6% of. So we That's negotiated that. That's great. And so okay. how are you doing it on, you're just telling the story that you're raising on yeah. reels or how are you? Really Instagram stories. I haven't uh-huh. even done a reel about it. So it's it's the people who tune in every day to my life, who trust me, who haven't followed me since day one. And we answer every single DM. That's really important for our company just to build trust and build community. So whenever someone asks us a question, you know, eight times out of 10, I'll just screenshot out the question and answer it live on my story. Because it's the same questions over and over again. A lot of people think that it's like an Indiegogo where you're just purchasing product ahead of time or or that you're donating to a company, but you are buying actual, you're getting actual shares. It's $10, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. That is so great. So what other words of wisdom would you have for people who have an idea like to start a company? I mean, is it... I always say, tell people, it's like so much harder than you ever think it's going to be. And it takes a lot longer uh, I mean, I've I've had many entrepreneurs who, you know, laugh when people say, oh, I'm going to do this for a couple of years and flip it. And, you know, it's like not going to happen. Right. You, yeah. I thought I was going to flip it at the age of 29, 29 yeah. now for just not yeah. one day. Totally. Um, well, it's it's true because you and I know it doesn't feel like work, though. And it's so cliche to say that. But to me, it feels like a game that I'm learning every day. It feels like I'm still in an internship, kind of. Um, I felt like that for the first few years. It doesn't necessarily feel like that anymore. But I would say for people, save every penny you can to put back into the business, honestly. Yeah. Start saving. And, and people who are younger than us, they do have this. They can learn financial stuff. They can learn anything they want on TikTok. Like TikTok is the best search engine in the world. Like if you start saving, I wish I had saved from the time I started was working at ice cream shop in high school. I wish I had saved all that money and put it towards what I was passionate about. And also, I think a lot of people are stuck trying to figure out what they want to do. 
but you know. It's just like when you find the right person in your life, no matter what people tell you, it's true. When you find the one, you, you just know. Right. When you come, when that idea pops in your head and you're like, oh, this is it, like, you know, when that idea is the one you're supposed to take action on. Yeah. And that's what you put those funds that you saved so long for. Yeah. No, it's true. And I think like the other thing that you've done too, which is really admirable, is that, you know, you wanted, you thought you wanted to be in fashion. And then you started thinking, I don't know if I want to be in fashion, but I'm really interested in health and exercise. And so you went and did that. And now you've reinvented yourself and, you know, done something kind of you understand enough about, you know, health and fitness and what that audience would like. So it totally makes sense that your next step would be this. But, you know, you didn't just sort of like wake up overnight and decide, I'm going to go and launch a you know, product that is called Blender Bombs. It really Total sort of accident. came to be, right? And and you were living the brand too. Yeah. And doing things really naturally. And I think like that is the story that I think a lot of people takes a lot of courage to do that and not be knowledgeable along the way. And and I go I always talk about it as like going back down to the bottom, right? Where you maybe you got really great in, you know, personal training and have built up that business and you people thought that you were the cat's meow and then suddenly you decide oh I'm going to go and learn about this other thing and it's like the curiosity in you I think probably um, was another aspect of it Um, and I think always I've always been good about leaning into what I'm feeling drawn to at the time so like not ever having a big wall of resistance up so when I started personal training I was teaching high intensity classes at a gym I hated it. So then I started teaching power yoga. No, I hated that. It was too fast. And then I started teaching regular yoga and I liked it. Then I started teaching stretch and I loved that. And then I went down the meditation and I was like, this, this is where we thrive. (laughs) That's amazing. Right. And it's just, it's like a work in progress, right? Which I think is, is, uh, people are not sort of, um, you know, kind of thinking about that as much. Maybe people that you hang out with or I hang out with are, yeah. but I, like that's the key is that, you know, just because you go to school to be in fashion, it doesn't mean like that's going to be what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. In fact, I think the most interesting people change careers. They change yes, their thing, what they value, all of those things. Yeah, good point. It's not bad to change your career. And I was getting burnt out on like the operations side of stuff so that's when we we hired someone to help handle the day-to-day and that way I could lean back into what I love which is the community building and the marketing and sharing the story and helping with the branding and I feel so fulfilled I love it so what's the thing that you're probably most proud of when you think of like what you've been able to accomplish what is it that you're most proud of there's two things a the, the there's a handful of people that are on my team that have been on the team since day one and like I could not feel prouder of those relationships that I have with my team. Um, It really is a family and it's we learn so much from each other and we've grown together and through all the hurdles and everything we've been there for each other. And like and I always tell my team the day that you feel like Blender Bombs isn't your your future, you need to leave. You're never going to hurt my feelings. Like, who am I to hold you and force you in a position that you're not happy with anymore? And I really mean that. Like, I would, they're my friends too and their family, but I am really proud of those relationships. And the other thing that I'm really proud of is 
the community that we built on social media and just in blender bombs like the testimonials is the same thing that you experience with head the testimonials that come in every day about how like this one little change in their life is a domino effect for adding so many other healthy options and then their whole life changes their family's life changes their relationship with themselves changes their their health starts to heal their whole body starts to heal and that is amazing yeah. And to know that you were the catalyst there, right? Yeah. That you were able to do that. I mean, it is, it's a powerful thing. So even when those hard days hit, so I think so- looking back on on that is is really, really critical. So last question, best advice you ever received? I mean, do we want a funny one or a not funny one? Uh, either best, one. Best advice was and this is different than than your situation, but to not work with your spouse. Yeah. Um, that's a, a personal advice that I was well, given. Well, you guys were I, very similar, you were saying. Yes. on Yeah. And I think having skill sets that are unique. I mean, I always share with people, too, that it's not for everybody. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I run into people who founders have gone to business school together and they're attracted to each other. It's so cute. Because... It's super cute and super great, but they're they're left brains, right? The both yeah. of them are, and you can just see it. And they can't necessarily see it because they really enjoy each other. They're fun, what, you know, or whatever. They're nerdy yeah. together, whatever. And then you're just like, oh my god. And then that's where the problems arise. They don't even yeah. have to be married. Like they could be really good friends. I've seen it over and over again. So yeah, and definitely the other like business advice. Um, is obviously to like quadruple down on your strengths and then outsource your weaknesses where you can or not necessarily weaknesses but the things you don't enjoy and that can be outsourced but also this day and age like advice that I recently got two nights ago at dinner which I mean two weeks ago at dinner has changed our social media just a lot in the last two weeks was to do freaking TikTok for your company (laughs) like do TikTok because it does reach so many new people. I have been spending all my efforts on Instagram recently, just constantly retargeting our current customers because the algorithm these days, it's a lot harder to get new customers. So yeah, I was, I'm nurturing my current customers on Instagram and I'm continuing to build that community, but we're using TikTok right now as a platform to, um, to get new customers. And I think as entrepreneurs, a piece of advice we got to understand is social media is always going to be changing and we just have to lean into it. Totally. Yeah. And think about it. I always tell people like, you know, you mentioned it too, the algorithm, like don't let the algorithm stop you. Figure out what you can do. Right. And it's always going to be changing and shifting, but you can figure out like what's working and see other people. Maybe people are going to hear your story and, and, you know, look at what's working for you. So I think like that's the most important thing. It's like you can, we can sit here all day long and figure out the roadblocks, but Instead, let's figure out how to break down the roadblocks and move forward. Yeah. yeah. And if for some people, if it's batching content one day a month and then just cycling it, for some people, it's going off the cuff. Like it's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, totally. Well, so, so great. And I encourage everybody to go on to your Instagram or TikTok and <laughs> everybody needs to get some blender bombs. They're so, yeah. so good for sure. And I love everything that you're doing. So uh, definitely. And if anybody's interested in investing too, you know, we're yeah. in Helen as well. And yeah, we funder. 
Yeah, I love it. But also just another badass female that is just out there doing it. So thanks again, Helen. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head-on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.